If you've ever got a student to do something by calling it a game, you might be a teacher. Being a teacher sometimes means finding ways around limitations, problems, or struggles to keep things on track. We learn to improvise and adapt. But when it comes to teaching language arts in our school, we don't have to find workarounds. Loyola Press took the long view when they created Voyages in English, the brilliant K-8 language arts program. The fundamentals of grammar and writing that students learn enable them to become effective writers, which can help improve performance on standardized tests and grow into successful communicators. The flexible framework of Voyages in English is adaptable to any teaching style and any student's abilities. With practice, the mechanics build in complexity over time. It just all works together. Visit voyagesinenglish.com to learn more, then order a sample. With Voyages in English, there are no crazy workarounds, just solid help for today's language arts teachers. Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen. Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. I'm Jill. I'm here with Colleen. We are grateful to be together again to laugh, explore, and connect. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. Colleen, I know that you are great at giving presentations. As adults, we do these together. We've done these individually. We've crossed paths many times. I don't think you get nervous giving a presentation, but my question for you is, how young were you when you gave your first presentation that you remember? Um, I remember doing show and tell in kindergarten. Oh, sure. Yes. What did you bring? Mm -hmm. So I do remember show and tells. That That I don't know. I'm not really sure. Okay. It could have been a book. Like, what's your favorite book? It could have been something like that. But I was always like from a very young age, I, I guess my school, my schools were pretty good at that. You have to do a presentation, get up, you know, talk in front of the class. I hated it. I hated it. I would turn like I would get blotches on my neck and on my face. Oh, my gosh. And it took me probably until my second year of teaching to stop getting blotches on my body, oh. standing up in front of people. Oh, yeah. That makes me feel better because you are such a natural <laughs> presenter. I, I would have never have guessed that. So that's good to know. I um I always love uh, giving presentations, but it's I always get nervous. And I think I love the nervousness because I love um, – I love delivering and then feeling grateful afterward that it went well and, you know, kind of just praying through, am I going to say the right things? And I probably Mm -hmm. felt that way as a teacher too. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling nervous first year of teaching, but, um, as a kid, I did not hesitate in giving presentations. (laughs) I like to talk, so that's never a problem. But I, uh, heard of this idea of, uh, of, uh, kindergartners and first graders giving presentations to the rest of the student body. And I had to stop and think, what? Like, that would make me so nervous. But this is a multi-age classroom at St. Teresa of Avila. And their youngest classroom are TK, K, and first graders. And students prepared by dressing up as a historical figure. It was actually part of Black History Month. And they were giving an explanation of the person's life that they were dressed up as. But they are are a micro school. They're a small school. And the students moved from classroom to classroom and gave the presentations to the upper grades. So they were giving these little presentations to the middle schoolers. Now, there's something unique here because it's a small school. So these kids know each other. They're probably 
elderly siblings. It's not in front of hundreds of students. It was classroom by classroom. So it was small kids giving a presentation to a classroom full of big kids. But I love the idea that in our Catholic schools, our students give lots of presentations. It's just part of what we do. We've never given up on that concept. And I'm wondering uh, about this. How young should you be giving a presentation? I don't, I, you know, I, I think the the sooner the better. I, I don't really see any problem with it. And if I remember doing that when I was a kid and I remember my kids, I mean, think about Think about uh, the first time your kids read the petitions at mass. How old were they? I was they? just thinking of Think that about too. Yeah. The first yeah. time, right? I mean, there are other ways that we have kids get up in front of even large communities of people. I mean, on a microphone, up on an altar, um, in my elementary school at, of course, shout out to St. Gerald's in Oakland. Um, the fifth graders were kind of the lead of the, the spring musical. So the fifth graders had all the speaking parts and, you know, so there were, you know, I just, I think of, um, and I've told you my my stories about talent shows and things like third graders, fifth graders getting up there in front of 300 kids in, in the school. And um, should kids be given the opportunity to do that? Absolutely. As young and as early as possible. Yes. Um, should all kids be forced to do that would be the the bigger question. Well, and and maybe if you begin when you're young, it doesn't feel so scary. I mean, I think my own children aren't nervous mm-hmm. doing these things, and it's probably because they've been doing it since they were in kindergarten or preschool. I mean, even the preschool Christmas pageant where they're all taking a role, um, non-speaking yes. role mm-hmm. in a silent nativity is is really good for them. And I love nothing more than going to all school mass. So when I go on school visits um, throughout the country, I love going on a school mass day and nothing warms my heart more than watching the priest move over and put the stool like (laughs) there for the student to stand on in order to reach the microphone. Um, I feel Mm -hmm. like we're just building up. uh, We're building up participation in these young, young students in a way that's, um, very fruitful for the church. And, you know, and, and I, each parish so, and each school has different rules about each pastor has different rules about how young mm-hmm. or, um, what are the rules about liturgy yeah. of the word and, and participation in that way. But I, I, I don't want to get into that. I just do want to get into like from the classroom angle, um, opportunities for young kids to, uh, speak aloud to their class and more formally uh, prepare something for a bigger audience is really good. Public speaking is one of those things that a lot of people fear doing. It it, it is um, it is difficult even for many adults. That it's you know always listed as one of you know you don't like to get up in front of peers. And we've talked about this too. Like it's a lot easier for elementary teachers to get up in front of children, but maybe not so much in front of peers. And, you know, I, I wonder, I, I think you're right. I wonder if we, we do that at a younger age and give them small children, small audiences, but let them get up in, in front and speak. When does that self-consciousness kick in though? Because I, like I said, I remember doing show and tell. And so that was in front of my, 
my group of friends, right? Okay. Like in, in kindergarten, we're all friends. When did that self-consciousness kick in in me that made me break out in red splotches when I had to stand up in front of my peers who I had been in school with forever? So like something happens psychologically where you start worrying about what somebody else is going to think when you get up in front of the group. And so, you know, we, we could probably well, I remember, <laughs> address that as well. I remember right? having to read the introduction before mass at an all school mass. Uh, Cause that was another speaking mm. role. I don't remember what the introduction was, but before the, the opening song and I had a really bad haircut, I was probably in seventh or eighth grade. And I still remember mm-hmm. standing there at the microphone with my bad haircut. No one else noticed. I hated that moment, even though I had mm-hmm. already done years of standing in front of microphones by the time I was in middle school in mm-hmm. the Catholic school. So you're right. There is a moment of transition. And that's why I loved teaching middle school is just looking for those moments in other kids and trying mm-hmm. to find them and boost them up because it, it was important. You yeah. don't want that to destroy them forever. No, but, and, and again, like I, um, I started playing piano when I was seven years old. So I always, I did recitals, like you always do recitals. And then I, you know, I played other musical instruments and always performed in front of people. And I think I've told you it's harder to do a solo certainly than, you know, play in a group in front of people, but even giving kids those opportunities to, well, how can you, can you bring up the gifts? So if you're very shy and you feel anxious when you get up in front of people, can you bring up the gifts in mass or can you have a non-speaking part in, you know, or can you, have a partner that you did a presentation with so that you're speaking to the class with a friend. Like there can be other ways that we build up this confidence in young kids. But I think it's a really important, like one of my kids can get up in front, he can lecture at mass, he can play an instrument in front of people, like it doesn't bother him at all. My other son is, he's so much more reserved and he was a drummer. So he always stood in the back of the band and he can get up and, you know, he can participate in mass in non-speaking ways. He can run the technology, but he doesn't want to be up in front of people. Like there are just not everybody's cut out for it either, but opportunities to participate. Yeah. There's another chance here with a virtual audience. So think of, I mean, you and I both have Mm. given presentations nationally with Mm -hmm. a big, big audience. Um, Well, right now on this podcast, but you, there's a different audience there. And our generation is different from current kids who, um, my kids loved playing, like pretending they had a YouTube channel. They never actually had a YouTube channel, but say like they thought there'd be other kids watching them give, you know, goofy presentations like food reviews or toy reviews. (laughs) You know, they would say in these pretend videos that were just for me on my phone, or they'd say, subscribe now, click below to like this video. Like they loved the concept of that. And it did not scare them at all. They would have loved to have an actual YouTube channel that I didn't let them have. But I think they, um, it's a different audience. It's a real audience. It's just, it does, it's different than standing in front of a live room. It's different than standing in front of a live room. Yeah. We need both. Sure. Yeah. We so. need them to not be scared of either one. So thanks for this energy boost. We love exploring your ideas and affirming your efforts. Keep the suggestions coming in and tune into our next episode as we talk about more great ideas from fellow teachers. We will see you next time.